for tuning in to 2020 Bible Stories, where we read the unforgettable stories of the Bible with open eyes and clear views. I'm your host and storyteller, me. And I'm Fish, your thought commentator, where I'll be giving, giving my thoughts on the story, or based on the story thus far. Right. Because every story isn't always read in its entirety during that episode because they can't be a bit lengthy, but... We do try to learn something, you know, that might take us a ways away, which is why we call them takeaways. And we encourage you to send us your takeaways too, as well as your thoughts and requests to 2020BibleStories at gmail.com. Let's get it. All right. Now that we've gotten the pleasantries out of the way, let's start today's episode. That's it. Let's get it. Yeah, you said it before you was supposed to, though. It's all right. Let's go. All right. Let's start it. Welcome, and thanks for tuning in to 2020 Bible Stories with Meek and Fish, where we read the unforgettable stories of the Bible with open eyes and clear views. I'm your host and storyteller, Meek, and with me as always... Fish, your thought commentator. All right. Um, last week we left off in Judges 16 with the death of Samson, um, the sixth period judge. And this week we are going to continue on with the story of heroes, picking up in Judges chapter 17 with idolatry and the tribe of Dan. All right, chapter 17, Micah's idols. There was a man named Micah who lived in the hill country of Ephraim. One day he said to his mother, I heard you place the curse on the person who stole 1,100 pieces of silver from you. Well, I have the money. I was the one who took it. The Lord bless you for admitting it, his mother replied. He returned the money to her and she said, I now dedicate this these silver coins to the Lord in honor of my son. I will have an image carved and an idol cast. So when he returned the money to his mother, she took 200 silver coins and gave them to a silver smith. He made them into an image and an idol, and these were placed in Micah's house. Micah set up a shrine for the idol. He made a sacred ephod and some household idols. Then he installed one of his sons as his personal priest. In those days, Israel had no king. All the people did whatever seemed right in their own eyes. One day, a young Levite who had been living in Bethlehem in Judah arrived in that area. He had left Bethlehem in search of another place to live. And as he traveled, he came to the hill country of Ephraim. He happened to stop at Micah's house as he was traveling through. Where are you from? Micah asked him. He replied, I am a Levite from Bethlehem in Judah, and I am looking for a place to live. Stay here with me, Micah said, and you can be a father and priest to me. I will give you 10 pieces of silver a year plus a change of clothes and your food. The Levite agreed to this, and the young man became like one of Micah's sons. 
So Micah installed the Levite as his personal priest, and he lived in Micah's house. I know the Lord will bless me now, Micah said, because I have a Levite servant as my priest. Chapter 18. Excuse me. Now, in those days, Israel had no king, and the tribe of Dan was trying to find a place where they could settle. For they had not yet moved into the land assigned to them when the land was divided among the tribes of Israel. So the men of Dan chose from their clans five capable warriors from the towns of Zorah and Eshtael to scout out a land for them to settle in. When these warriors arrived in the hill country of Ephraim, they came to Micah's house and spent the night there. While at Micah's house, they recognized the young Levite's accent. So they went over and asked him, who brought you here and what are you doing in this place? Why are you here? He told them about his agreement with Micah and that he had been hired as Micah's personal priest. Then they said, ask God whether or not our journey will be successful. Go in peace, the priest replied, for the Lord is watching over your journey. So the five men went on to the town of Laish, where they noticed the people living carefree lives. Like the Sidonians, they were peaceful and secure. The people were oh, okay. The people were also wealthy because their land was very fertile, and they lived a great distance from Sidon and Sidon and had no allies nearby. When the men returned to Zorah and Eshtael, their relatives asked them, what did you find? The men replied, come on, let's attack them. We have seen the land and it is very good. What are you waiting for? Don't hesitate to go and take possession of it. When you get there, you will find the people living carefree lives. God has given us a spacious and fertile land, lacking in nothing. So 600 men from the tribe of Dan, armed with weapons of war, set out from Zorah and Eshtael. They camped at a place west of Kiriath Jerem in Judah, which is called Mahaneh Dan to this day. Then they went on from there into the hill country of Ephraim and came to the house of Micah. They find Micah, ain't they? The five men who had scouted out the land around Laish explained to the others, these buildings contain a sacred ephod as well as some household idols, a carved image, and a cast idol. What do you think you should do? Then the five men, what do you do you think you should do? Yes. Then the five men started off the road and went over to Micah's house where the young Levite lived and greeted him kindly. As the 600 armed warriors from the tribe of Dan stood at the entrance of the gate, the five scouts entered the shrine and removed the carved image, the sacred ephod, and the household idols, and the cast idol. Meanwhile, the priest was standing at the gate with the 600 armed warriors. When the priest saw the men carrying all the sacred objects out of Micah's shrine, he said, What are you doing? Be quiet and come with us, they said. Be a father and priest to all of us. Isn't it better to be a priest for an entire tribe of clan? an entire tribe and clan of Israel than the household of just one man. The young priest was quite happy to go with them. So he took along the sacred ephod, the household idols, 
and the carved image. They turned and started on their way again, placing their children, livestock, and possessions in front of them. When the people from the tribe of Dan were quite a distance from Micah's house, the people who lived near Micah came chasing after them. They were shouting as they caught up. The men of Dan turned around and said to Micah, What's the matter? Why have you called these men together and chased after us like this? What do you mean? What's the matter? Micah replied. You have taken all the way the gods I have made and my priests, and I have nothing left. The men of Dan said, Watch what you say. There are some people short there are some short-tempered men around here who might get angry and kill you and your family. So the men of Dan continued on their way. When Micah saw that there were too many of them for him to attack, he turned around and went home. Then with Micah's idols and his priests, the men of Dan came to the town of Laish, whose people were peaceful and secure. They attacked with swords and burned the town to the ground. There was no one to rescue the people, for they lived a great distance from Sidon and had no allies nearby. This happened in the valley near Beth Rehob, or Rehob. When the people of the tribe of Dan rebuilt the town and lived there, they renamed the town Dan after their ancestor, Israel's son, but it had, but it had originally been called Laish. Then they set up the carp image and they appointed Jonathan, son of Gershom, son of Moses, as their priest. This family continued as priests for the tribe of Dan until the exile. So Micah's carved image was worshipped by the tribe of Dan as long as the tabernacle of God remained in Shiloh. Uh, that's all we're going to read today, chapters 17 and 18. We're going to take a quick break and we will be right back with the takeaway. All right, and we are back with the takeaways. Going to start with my first takeaway, which is Michael went and created his own religion, which we all know is wrong, but he did it with good intentions because at that time, again, they had no king, so they did whatever thing right in their own eyes. He obviously wanted to maintain a re religious influence in his house. He just went about it the wrong way. He saw that what happened to Gideon when he made a similar mistake. He saw what happened to Gideon when he had made similar mistakes. So my takeaway is good intentions aren't enough, basically. Don't think that since sincerity is key because you'll be in danger of thinking you don't need God's word or anyone else. Thoughts, comments? Yes. My thought and comment is stop you know what's going to be Captain Saberho. <laughs> you know how you think you're trying to pretend to be God. So, <coughs> excuse me. I'm going to call him Captain Saberho. He had good intentions, but on the wrong path. Right? You know what I'm saying? I mean, yeah, I get what you're saying. It's just... um. Like, I guess sincerity again is for five, but I'm saying it's for my takeaway is just that don't think that just because 
you sincerely give someone an opinion that you shouldn't have, you don't think that basically you should talk to God first, basically, or uh, not basically talk to God, but huh? use his, basically, his standard of what like his standard of basically what conduct is basically like that's basically how I feel like that was basically what my takeaway so it's like okay the example I'm basically giving is just say that somebody comes and their opinion is that um shocking up is wrong you get what I'm saying like the Bible says that that's not what you should do. And you know what I'm saying? Like chastising you. Meanwhile, it's like you you might have good intentions in what you're saying. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like what you're saying might you're saying in a good way. It's just that it's not coming off that way. Like again, we in the, the the place of acceptance right now. Like for me, it's like we're in a place of acceptance. Where it's like, who are you to judge is basically where I'm coming from. Who are you to judge what I have going on? Unless, again, for me, unless you're like the, the pastor or the, the deacon or you know what I'm saying? You got that type of connection and maybe he gave you a word to give to me like that. But I'm just basically talking about Sister Sue sitting in the front and second row. Where because, yes, you done found out I moved in with my boyfriend is what the Bible says. You shouldn't be shocking up with such and such. And then it's just like, okay, well, I don't, I think I know that already. Kind of, again, if I'm in the church with you, I think I, I'm privy to that information and I still chose to do it anyway. It's like, again, you don't know what's happening in my household. You don't necessarily know what we're doing. You don't even know if we're sleeping in the same bed just because we're living in the same house. You get what I'm saying? Like, and even if we are sleeping in the same bed, we don't necessarily be supporting anything. We may have good, basically, discipline. We may know what it is that we're supposed to do. And again, we just want to make sure we live with each other before we go down the aisle. We might not experience everything all the way. We might not take it fully, but it's like we want to know what it's like. I don't, I don't want to wait until that day to find out that he dirty and he don't like to wash. And you know, like, I don't want to wait that way. So, so, let, so what I'm asking is, so the man was making graven idols, right? He was, you said he was trying to make up his own, his own religion. So I, the reason I said Captain Sabo is like, you know, how most people be like, you know, people call people, all right, let me, let me see what I can do. No, I'm an example. My nephews always used to be always at their beck and call, trying to save them. I, I, that's what I was getting out of, out of that part. was like, don't know worshiping graven images or other idols before me. And you know what I'm saying? Like, th that's what I had got out of it. Is that wrong or is that right? No, I'm not saying that's not wrong or right. I'm saying that's oh. what you took away from it. That's what you took away oh. from it. I'm just saying as far as my point is, when I say the sincerity of what my takeaway is, it's just that, you know what I'm saying? Don't think yeah. that sincerity is the the key. Okay. And that, you know what I'm saying? Because don't think that you don't need God's word or somebody else's anymore. You don't think that if I come to you and I tell you, okay, thank you for that tidbit of information I am privy to, that information as well. 
the Bible also says thou shalt not judge. You have a plank in your eye, me trying to judge the, the speck in mine. You get what I'm saying? It's just like, don't come with the bits and pieces again with your religion with this is what this is like the what say everything don't just read this part to justify what you're saying right now of just your opinion because the bible also says this the same way again when jesus is being tempted in the wilderness is that everything the devil says he comes right back with above the bible says that if you jump off of this bridge right now his angels will catch you and the Bible also says, Jesus will say, thou shalt not tempt the Lord. I'm not crazy now. Like, right. you know what I'm saying? That's my whole thing. Mm -hmm. So don't come with just this portion of it. Well, in his case, he's creating his own religion because, again, they don't have no leader at this time. At this time, there is no king. They have nobody directing them towards Jesus, well, not at this time, Jesus, but God. They don't have nobody directing him towards the Lord. So, like I'm saying, he's yeah, he has good intentions by creating this sacred ephod and this shrine and all this type of stuff and getting the personal priest because, I mean, again, clearly he knows about God, but he doesn't know everything. Like, I don't know the rights, the wrongs, the what I should do. He's basically ignorant. I know about God. I'm just ignorant to the steps, the standards, the conduct. Like, I'm ignorant to that. So I'm creating my own right now because this is how I think it should go. Like, this is kind of sort of the, some of the things I heard. So this must be how this goes. When, no, that's not how that is. That's not how that, that's not how that works at all. Like, that's not what we're doing. And I appreciate the sentiment. Like, again, I see that you're sincere. You sincerely want to know who I am. You sincerely want to have my influence in your house, in your life, around your family. Like, I understand that, but you're not doing that the right way. Like, you're not going about it the right way. So don't think that just because, again, that you know a little bit of Bible well, because you might know a whole lot of bit of Bible that you don't also still need to seek the Lord for advice or somebody else for advice before you give your opinion is basically what my thought process is. Before you, business. before you step out there and mind somebody else's business. That's all that is. Mind, that's mind somebody else's business. Mm-hmm. Then for you to say you ain't the, you ain't a part of nobody ordains you to speak on nobody else's business. Mm -hmm. Basically, that's that's what that yes. Well, that's kind of where my my takeaway came from. Like I understand the whole the message of yes, don't basically conform to the worldly standards, but God's standards again. Point like imperial, like don't come again. Don't come at me with culture. Come at me with Christ. That's basically where I'm at with. So, um, my next takeaway is time has not changed human nature. Anyone who hasn't submitted to God will do whatever seems right to them at that time. That was my take. My next takeaway from that. 
we are clearly again, like I said, still living, still living and doing this right here today. Whatever seems right at the time. Following your flesh. Mm -hmm. World, fleshly world. Whatever seems right at the time. Again, right now it seems like, again, how was at the party? How Freddie was? And why my mother again came back with her everybody? Why exactly why TD said what TD said and why he said about women being raised to be men? Because that's all she kept preaching. And however, I don't need a man for nothing. I get my own. I don't beg, borrow, so I don't got to do none of that from no man. I don't know no Scorpio who do that. I don't know no Scorpio who leech off of nobody. You always get on your own. You do it for yourself. Yeah, she said this like, at the party? Huh? She said this at the party? Yeah. What was Well, I ain't even about to ask Yes, that. thank you. You weren't out there. You were cooking, as you say. Yeah, you were cooking. Because they, again, eventually start getting to the Zodiac stuff. And I'm just listening. I'm not really participating at this time. Because well, in my mind, just sitting here, like I said, like, again, who who came up with this? Like, <laughs> How did we get on this? Yeah. Like, first of all, how did we get on this? Who came, again, still who invented this? Who came up with this? It's just like, because y'all taking this, like, serious. Like, y'all just, the way y'all talking right now, it's just, yes. He's just like, I just really don't, don't like Scorpios. I just don't like y'all. Listen, it's just hey, Jeffrey, oh. I think. Well, we don't have to do this another, this be this another uh, podcast, so let's finish on with this one. Okay. So, again, as I'm stating what my point is, that's what seems right, and that's what feels right, right here, right now. With the time and the climate, the climate that we live in, where I don't want to get married again. I don't want to be with a man. I don't want to have to rely on a man. I want to do it for myself. And again, that's what your human nature right now seems to believe. That that's not what you need. And that's what seems right. Don't necessarily make, don't make, don't make yourself go what I'm saying. Don't mean it is. Just because that's how you feel. And you ain't doing nothing without God, without God being in your life, without God's permission. You're not doing it. If you, if you're His people, if you're under His, for me, that's why I feel. If you, if you're one of His chosen people, if you're a part of that, and that's what, yes, if that's what you strive for. Then no, you're not gonna do that because again, there's a lot of people out here who is, again, going your own way. Pharaoh is a prime example of that. He's the best person to use in this scenario because I know he has gone his own way. He worships himself. He does not worship me. He will not believe in me. He will not change for me. He, regardless of all these things that I do, regardless of all these chances that I give this man, he has freely chosen to not worship me. He has freely chosen to do things his own way. So, so be it. So, for us, all I'm saying, as far as you can do things without God, if that's what you are genuinely choosing. If that's the road you're choosing to take, then again, you get what you get. But if you're choosing to walk this path, to be able to see his face one day, <laughs> you hear her? Yes. All right. My next takeaway. The Levite, the Levite was looking 
for somewhere to live because so many other people no longer worship God. So apparently, <clears throat> the Israelites, again, no longer supported the priests. Clearly, because that's how it worked. When they worship God, they go to the priests. Um, you get what I'm saying? They they pay their tithes, they do their offerings, and the priests are taken care of. But since ain't nobody worshiping God right now, the priests, again, they fending for themselves. So, basically, Israel's more decay affected everybody. Literally down to the priest or up to the priest. This man took money, a position, and idols. Everything he is not supposed to do. Everything inconsistent with God's laws. So, my takeaway, this priest showed the religious downfall of the entire community of priests and Levites, while Micah showed the religious downfall of individuals, Israelites, basically, because the individual Israelites, because clearly this man didn't know God or his laws for basically nothing, like he just when he didn't know the one in his forethought, he just knew that in my mind, I want to worship the Lord. And fate stepped in, a Levite then showed up at my door basically. Like, I don't know what to do. And guess what? A Levite needs somewhere to live. Boom, boom, boom. Here's the answer to my prayers because I've been trying to figure this thing out. And he here come tell me what to do. So in addition to my shrine, my household idols, and the ephod, I now got a whole Levite, my own personal priest. Like I know for sure, for sure the Lord is going to bless me. Like, and like I said, these two, this basically, this, these two chapters for me, basically just show the downfall of, like I said, the 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 individuals, the priests, the tribes, the clans. The, again, everybody, everybody has basically spiritually declined. This reminds me of I don't know if you ever seen car wash and when Richard uh-huh. Pryor come through. He come through to get his car washed and the point of sisters come out and be like, you got to believe in something. Why not believe in me? But he was a, he was a preacher, but he was only out for the money. He was a crooked preacher, but everybody praised him. And he did get in his shoes shine and the car wash and taking up a collection. And you know what I'm saying? That That's just when you we was talking when you started talking about it, that just played in my mind like and the song just came and said you got to believe in something why not believe in me so like shoot michael you know believed in this man because he was a levi and levi like yeah okay you got to believe in something let's believe in in all these uh idols that you done made let me pretend since you didn't give me some money so let me pretend to be a pastor a bishop and just you know that's what make today like people not want to give or want to tithe or uh building funds and things like that. That's what I got out of it. Yeah, that's kind of basically like my next part where I was going with it with, like I said, that's the bad part because he clearly showed 
disobedience and disrespect for God. Because this man performed duties in this man's house when priestly duties were strictly to be performed only in the tabernacle or in a designated city to prevent from changing God's laws. He carried the idols with him and he claimed to be speaking for God when he didn't even ask God. When they came and talked to him, it was like, ask God if you get what I'm saying, if our journey will be successful and he immediately came back, immediately go in peace. The Lord is watching over you. Go in peace. The Lord is watching over you. He did not even ask God. Thus, he had not spoken to or through him at all. So my takeaway is following God with an attitude of selfish gain rather than selfless service is just as simple as not following God at all. Through this entire story, not one person desired to worship God. Instead, they used him for selfish reasons. Everybody in this story. Because mm-hmm. again, they don't know how he works. Right. And if we're going to make it up as we go. We're going to make it up as we go. And as we go, all we know is what we want. Right, and if we believe in God, we're going to get it. That's literally where it was. If we believe in the Lord, we're going to get it. If I, again, if I don't eat this pork, if I don't have sexual relations, if I don't do, I'm going to be blessed. I'm going to be blessed because that's how it works. That's what the Bible says. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to do any of these things, and I'm going to be blessed. And the selfish reason of whatever that reason is. Right. Whatever meaning behind what it is again. He's going to bless me because when I don't do this again, my rent is always getting paid. And I ain't never missed a pay. Guess what? I ain't never missed a paycheck. And again, it's always some reason behind it. Mm -hmm. There's always some reason behind what we're doing. We're taking all of this stuff because we want to be rich. And we're taking these people's land because again, it's easy. Mm -hmm. They live carefree lives. I'm taking their stuff. That's exactly what's happening now. It ain't. That's that ain't exactly true. what's happening now. They over here living carefree lives where they don't have a care in the world. I'm struggling. I always got something going on. If right. it ain't this, it's that. So yeah. I'm coming for what you got because I'm tired of seeing you live carelessly because that's what mm-hmm. it seems like from my perspective. You living good. You eating. I'm starving. I'm gonna hold you I'm up. Coming to I, take you your food. Money. Got a nice car. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm good. My next takeaway: invest in the living God, whom you can't lose. After they took all his stuff and then said, "What you gonna do about it?" He was like, "I don't have nothing now. Y'all done took all my stuff." And had he not invested so much of his time and energy into this stuff, he wouldn't be feeling anything. And the he I mean, I'm talking about Michael. He wouldn't be feeling empty if he didn't in if he didn't value stuff. If he didn't value all of this earthly stuff, he wouldn't care that he lost it all because he would know 
in the end, at the end, basically, at the end of the day, I got God and he got me. He will make sure I'm good. He will make sure I'm taken care of. He will make sure I'm provided for. But if he don't and, know him, he don't know to have that type of faith. I, I could, he don't know that if he brings me to it, he won't get me through it. He don't know that. And that's what I'm saying. He's not aware of that. That's why, again, you're not doing it correctly. So you may, again, you may have been sincere in your efforts. You really wanted to get to know me, but you wanted to get to know me through all this stuff. Right. That's not how I work. Because look what happened. I took all this stuff from you. And now what you saying? Right. Like now what do you say? Your response is I don't have nothing. I don't like I I don't have but you have me still because wasn't that the whole point of all of this? Right. But he again if he wasn't taught properly, right, then how would he know? Mm-hmm. That's just my thought. If I mean, if it's like, if you ain't teaching, that's just like I see just like you know, being a parent. If you're if you being a parent, you teaching your girls right. You know what I'm saying? For somebody to come along and teach them wrong, they're going to undo everything that you've instilled in them. Everything that you taught them. You, nah. You got you to gotta teach them. And he was looking for his desire to know. It was, you know, we all have, we all go about something sometimes the wrong way. But his, you can't be his desire to want to be right and know. He you just got, I guess, chalk it up to his, uh, oh yeah, it ain't tricking if you got it. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You got the money, so let me pay for religion. Let me pay for God. Let me see how this works. Well, then you seen it don't work. So now, what you gonna do? But again, that's the whole point. That's what I'm saying. And you, okay, you just went out here and you tricking. You mm -hmm. tricking. Now you don't got it no more because right. you tricked it all away. Exactly. Now yeah. at the end of the day, what you got? Are you right. still blessed? Do, are you still yeah. tricking? Right. Have you? That's have, what I'm saying. Like how? Like what is? What, what are we coming to at the end of the day? At the end of the day, at the end of the day, if it's your fault, basically, not not the issue, but if yeah, if it's your fault, if your choices, if your choices got you where you are, yeah. then he will let you suffer the natural consequences. Like you cannot forget that. Like that's the whole point. Like I said, for those again, if he's not with you, if he's with you, he's with you. But he's clearly not with these people. He has everybody has disintegrated. Again, the priest is out here doing everything wrong. He mm -hmm. has to know right. He's literally a Levite. That's number one. So you're not getting ready to tell me that you don't know your history because if you don't if this bible don't tell you nothing when they go to retell these stories they know mm -hmm. they know what's happened they know their history they know about abraham and moses and what would happen to our all the stories we heard about our ancestors all the miracles that they experienced they know their histories right they know it's not like they're not aware However, it's just that we have come so far. Like we have moved so far away from that part of our history mm -hmm. that we can barely even remember the stories now. Right. 
Like, because nobody's telling us, nobody is still preaching the same stories. Nobody is telling us our history. They're trying to erase our history so that you don't know who you are and who you came from and what you capable of and whose you belong to. And you are living for the world and suffering the consequences of living from this world. Or the consequences of your actions. The consequences of your actions. You went and invested all your time and energy and money into that stuff. When I tell you consistently to place your treasures in heaven, not in these earthly things, not in these worldly things. Store your treasures in heaven where you will never lose them. I am who that treasure is. You kept saying again who you wanted to get to know. And once all your stuff got taken away again, it's just F me now. Like, I guess I'm not blessed. Yes. Uh, my next one was all right, if you look at the map of Canaan that is in my Bible, you'll see that Laish ain't nowhere near Eshtayal or Zora. These people traveled over 80 miles to attack a place where people were peaceful, secure, and not under God's judgment. So this story again showed how far some of the tribes had wandered away. Like I was talking about, it showed how it affected every portion, every part of this tribe, of this community. They wanted a way far, far away from God. So that's damn near again, everybody now. The tribes, the individuals, the priests, everybody that is a part of this community has been affected. And yes, the tribe of Dan was successful in defeating Laish. However, success does not indicate God's approval. These people were these people worship idols, so there is no way God was guiding them, and this justified their wrong actions from their outward signs of success, and this justified their wrong actions from their outward sign of success. So that's basically today, basically. If you're wealthy, popular, or don't really go do nothing, you take that as a sign of God's blessing. But as I stated, Pharaoh was wealthy, popular, and didn't go through much trouble until he met God. <laughs> All of these tribes, they were to destroy were wealthy, popular, and didn't go through much until they received God's judgment. And that's just thus far. We haven't even completed this yet. There are plenty more stories in the Bible about success and evil going hand in hand. So my takeaway, don't use your personal success or lack thereof as a measuring stick for whether you are pleasing God or not. Thoughts, comments? Wow. I mean, <laughs> like you said today, war, war is war. The I'm, big bank take little bank. 
<laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Big bank, and it's it, it's nothing. It's basically again what was happening. What's happening then is happening now. Big bank take little bank. We're gonna forget all about who brought us here, how we got here, but because we know that we want us, we want to be seen, we want to be heard, we want to have everything, so somebody can come to me and need me and worship me instead of giving my work my stuff away and worshiping god and helping people doing some type of charity or being a humanitarian self big bang take little bang that's what i got okay well i said mine was again you cannot unite whether you're successful or not as a measuring stick whether you are pleasing the lord if you whether you got a little bit or whether you got a lot, that does not mean that God loves this person more because He's blessed them with more. That God loves this person less because He blessed them with more. Like, right? That's not how He operates. Now, because these people, Samita, they was a bunch of idiots. Go ahead. <coughs> now, because these people have wandered so far away from God. They don't know his laws or use it as an excuse for them to do what seemed right. That's mm. why the text. That's why the text said they worship Micah's idols, idols, as long as the tabernacle of God remained in Shiloh. They aren't anywhere near where God told them to be. So they keep setting up these idols. Likely thinking that they are worshiping God through them because in actuality, they were denying him. So my takeaway, worshiping images of God is not worshiping God. Even if it resembles true worship in some ways, technically, godliness cannot be merely a claim. It must be a reality in our motives and our actions. We must change the way we conduct ourselves to conform to God's expectations. And as Christians really believe in his power. So in addition to asking, what would Jesus do? Ask yourself, what does God expect me to do? Oh, that was good. But ain't nobody going to ask him. Ain't nobody asking them questions. <laughs> You should again in the situation that I was just in, as I stated, I knew what my human nature was, and I know what my human instincts was to do. But that is as you stated and reminded me, this is 2020 Bible stories. This is the time to live what you've been reading and preaching. What does God expect you to do in this moment? And again, that's when I said I thought about uh, Abel, Cain and Abel. He gave that man grace. He gave that man mercy. Like, yeah, grace and mercy. That's I'm I'm, I'm going to give it to you because that's who I am. Yeah. That's just that's just my nature. Exactly, and he give us grace and mercy every day because I don't know about you, but I, I pray. Hallelujah and still sin. So he still got grace and mercy. And I'm glad to have both of them. Absolutely. 
Um, now it's been three hundred years since they entered the promised land. Now I know it reads like it's been just a few years, but no, it has been a very long time, and they still hadn't destroyed the idolatry and evil practices within it. Much like the harmless habit that sits in the corner of our lives, like pettiness, revenge, sex, looking for love in all the wrong places, weed, alcohol, whatever it is. Just those, again, little things that sit over in the corner that seem harmless. They can soon become dominating forces that rule our attitudes, our values, and our actions. So my takeaway and the last of them. To begin uprooting the ungodly attitudes, actions, and values we've adopted from the world around us, start by reading the Bible to shine God's light and truth on them by exposing them for what they really are. That was good. Those comments? I ain't got nothing. All right. That's it for this week's episode of 2020 Bible Stories with Meek and Fish. I'm again, Meek, your host and storyteller. And with me as always, Fish, your thought commentator. Stay tuned next week where we'll continue reading Judges. Peace. concludes this episode of 2020 Bible Stories. Stay tuned next week for a new episode.